Long History Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana Part 3 Tension on Trinidad Hello everyone and welcome to Long History, where we take source documents and split them up into 10 minute chunks or so. If you've listened to brief histories and want more, you've found your place. The document we're looking at here, Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, is a little eccentric, there's some truth, some fantasy here, and it's covering Sir Walter Raleigh's exploration of the area around today's Venezuela. He's searching for El Dorado. This document is also an attempt to impress Queen Elizabeth of England, and to encourage her to attempt to repeat the Spanish search for wealth in South America. Now we're on to episode 3 and at last Raleigh's journey gets underway in this section. But if you want to listen to the introduction in episodes 1 and 2, I'm sure they're just a few clicks away. And there are 18 parts in all to this document, so please don't forget to subscribe to be informed of when the remaining episodes are released. So the last episode was a strange preface by Raleigh himself. He answers some criticisms that have been made of him and openly states that he wants to find riches for England to make her as wealthy and as powerful as Spain. The journey gets underway in this episode and Raleigh travels to the Canary Islands of Fuerteventura and Tenerife before heading to the island of Trinidad in the Caribbean. In Trinidad, he's plunged into a viper's nest of rivalries. As this episode begins, however, Raleigh sets off on his journey. So here we go with Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 3, Tension on Trinidad. The Discovery of Guyana On Thursday the 6th of February, in the year 1595, we departed England, and the Sunday following had sight of the North Cape of Spain, the wind for the most part continuing prosperous. We passed in sight of the Burlings and the Rock, and so onward for the Canaries, and fell with Fuerteventura the 17th of the same month, where we spent two or three days and relieved our companies with some fresh meat. From thence we coasted by the Grand Canaria, and so to Tenerife, and stayed there for the Lion's Whelp, your lordship's ship, and for Captain Imas Preston and the rest. But when, after seven or eight days, we found them not, we departed and directed our course for Trinidad, with mine own ship and a small bark of Captain Cross's only, for we had before lost sight of a small Gallego on the coast of Spain, which came with us from Plymouth. We arrived at Trinidad on the 22nd of March, casting anchor at Point Curiapan, which the Spaniards call Punta de Gallo, which is situate in eight degrees or thereabouts. We abode there four or five days, and in all that time we came not to the speech of any Indian or Spaniard. On the coast we saw a fire as we sailed from the Point Carao towards Curiapan, but, for fear of the Spaniards, none durst come to speak with us. I myself coasted it in my barge close aboard the shore, and landed in every cove, the better to know the island, while the ships kept the channel. From Curiapan, after a few days, we turned up northeast to recover that place which the Spaniards called Puerto de los Españoles, now Port of Spain, and the inhabitants Conquerabia. And as before, revictualling my barge, I left the ships and kept by the shore, the better to come to speech with some of the inhabitants, and also to understand the rivers, watering places and ports of the island, which, as it is rudely done, my purpose is to send your lordship after a few days. From Curiapan, I came to a port and seat of Indians called Perico, where we found a freshwater river, but saw no people. From thence, I rode to another port, called by the naturals Piche, and by the Spanish Tierra de Brea. In the way between both were diverse little brooks of fresh water, 
and one salt river that had store of oysters upon the branches of the trees, and were very salt and well tasted. All their oysters grow upon those boughs and sprays, and not on the ground. The like is commonly seen in other places of the West Indies, and elsewhere. This tree is described by Andrew Thevert in his France Atartique, and the form figured in the book as a plant very strange, and by Pliny in his twelfth book of his natural history. But in this island, and also in Guyana, there are very many of them. At this point, called Tierra de Brea or Pitch, there is that abundance of stone pitch that all the ships of the world may be therewith laden from thence. And we make trial of it in trimming our ships to be most excellent good, and melt us not with the sun as the pitch of Norway, and therefore for ships trading in Southpods very profitable. From thence we went to the mountain foot called Anaparima, and so passing the river Carone, on which the Spanish city was seated, we met with our ships at Puerto de los Españoles, or Concarabia. This island of Trinidad hath the form of a sheep hook, and is but narrow, the north part is very mountainous, the soil is very excellent, and will bear sugar, ginger, or any other commodity that the Indies yield. It hath store of deer, wild porks, fruit, fish, and fowl, it hath also for bread sufficient maize, cassave, and of those roots and fruits which are common everywhere in the West Indies. It hath diverse beasts which the Indies have not. The Spaniards confessed that they found grains of gold in some of the rivers, but they, having a purpose to enter Guyana, the magazine of all rich metals, cared not to spend time in the search thereof any further. This island is called by the people thereof, Kairi, and in it are diverse nations. Those about Parico are called Jajo, those at Punta de Carao are of the Arawakas, and between Carao and Curiapan they are called Salvajos. Between Carao and Punta de Galera are the Nepojos, and those about the Spanish city term themselves Carinepagotes. Of the rest of the nations, and of other ports and rivers, I leave to speak here, being impertinent to my purpose, and mean to describe them as they are situate in the particular plot and description of the island, three parts whereof I coasted with my barge, that I might the better describe it. Meeting with the ships at Puerto de los Españoles, we found at the landing place a company of Spaniards who kept a guard at the descent, and they, offering a sign of peace, I sent Captain Widden to speak with them, whom afterwards, to my great grief, I left buried in the said island after my return from Guyana, being a man most honest and valiant. The Spaniards seemed to be desirous to trade with us, and to enter into terms of peace, more for doubt of their own strength than for aught else. And in the end, upon pledge, some of them came aboard. The same evening there stale aboard us in a small canoe, two Indians, the one of them being a cacique, or lord of the people, called Cantiman, who had the year before been with Captain Widden and was of his acquaintance. By this cantiman we understood what strength the Spaniards had and how far it was to their city, and of Don Antonio de Berreo, the governor, who was said to be slain of his second attempt in Guyana, but was not. While we remained at Puerto de los Españoles, some Spaniards came aboard us to buy linen of the company and such other things as they wanted, and also to view our ships and company, all which I entertained kindly, and feasted after our manner. By means whereof, 
I learned of one and another as much of the estate of Guyana as I could, or as they knew. For those poor soldiers, having been many years without wine, a few draughts made them merry, in which mood they vaunted of Guyana and the riches thereof, and all what they knew of the ways and passages. Myself seeming to purpose nothing less than the entrance or discovery thereof, but bred in them an opinion that I was bound only for the relief of those English which I had planted in Virginia, whereof the brute was come among them, which I had performed in my return, if extremity of weather had not forced me from the said coast. I found occasions of staying in this place for two causes. The one was to be revenged of Berreo, who, the year before, 1594, had betrayed eight of Captain Widden's men, and took them, while he departed from them to seek the Edward Bonaventure, which arrived at Trinidad the day before from the East Indies, in whose absence Berrio sent a canoe aboard the pinnace only with Indians and dogs inviting the company to go with them into the woods to kill a deer, who, like wise men, in the absence of their captain, followed the Indians, but were no sooner one arquebus shot from the shore, but Berrio's soldiers, lying in ambush, had them all notwithstanding that he had given his word to Captain Widden that they should take water and wood safely. The other cause of my stay was, for that by discourse with the Spaniards, I daily learned more and more of Guyana, of the rivers and passages, and of the enterprise of Berreo, by what means or fault he failed, and how he meant to prosecute the same. While we thus spent the time, I was assured by another cacique of the north side of the island that Berrio had sent to Margarita and Cumana for soldiers, meaning to have given me a casado at parting, if that had been possible. For although he had given order, through all the island, that no Indian should come aboard to trade with me upon pain of hanging and quartering, having executed two of them for the same which I afterwards found, yet every night there came some with the most lamentable complaints of his cruelty, how he had divided the island and given to every soldier a part. That he made the ancient caciques, which were lords of the country, to be their slaves. That he kept them in chains, and dropped their naked bodies with burning bacon, and such other torments, which I found afterwards to be true. For in the city, after I entered the same, there were five of the lords or little kings, which they call caciques in the West Indies, in one chain, almost dead of famine and wasted with torments. These are called in their own language acarewana, and now of late, since English, French and Spanish are come among them, they call themselves captains, because they perceive that the chiefest of every ship is called by that name. Those five captains in the chain were called Wanawanari, Karuaori, Makarima, Tarupanama and Atarima. So as both to be revenged of the former wrong, and also considering that to enter Guyana by small boats, to depart 400 or 500 miles from my ships, and to leave a garrison in my back interested in the same enterprise, who also daily expected supplies out of ship, I should have savoured very much of the ass. And therefore, taking a time of most advantage, I set upon the quarter guard in the evening, and having put them to the sword, sent Captain Caulfield onward with sixty soldiers, and myself followed with forty more, and so took their new city, which they call St. Joseph, by break of day. They abode not any fight after a few shots, and all being dismissed, but on Berrio and his companion, the Portuguese captain Alvaro Jorge, I brought them with me aboard, and at the instance of the Indians, I set their new city of St. Joseph on fire.
The same day arrived Captain George Gifford with your lordship's ship, and Captain Chemis, whom I lost on the coast of Spain, with the Gallego, and in them divers gentlemen and others, which to our little army was a great comfort and supply. When events get going they are quickly explained, and a lot can be read between the lines here amidst the tensions and rivalries between the Europeans and local people. We can see the many groups of people at play here, including numerous nationalities named in the document as the Jajo, the Arhuacas, the Salvajos, the Nepojos, and the Carinepagotes. A name worth remembering for future episodes in the meantime is Berreo, that Spanish captain, who is the source of much information Raleigh manages to obtain about Guyana. In the meantime, however, Raleigh has gained his foothold on the island and subsequently has a base from which to begin his explorations. In the next episode, after some more dealings with the local people, Raleigh begins to make his case for El Dorado, going into the history of exploration of the area. So that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and as you've made it to this part of the episode, please don't forget to like it and share it if you can. And we're only just at the beginning of this document, so don't forget to subscribe, to be informed when the remaining episodes are released, and of course to find out when other documents are released by Long History. So thank you for listening to Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 3, Tension in Trinidad. Goodbye.